0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast for our Friday show. We're wrapping up week 23. Uh, Today's date, March 24th of 2023. I'm your host, Karsten. Welcome back to the show. Um, We'll have a pretty quick show for you. We'll do our normal game summaries, key news, and then give you some game previews uh, so you are aware of what games to check out this weekend as far as the national broadcasts um, as well as any other games that might be intriguing to uh, keep an eye out for. Um, that being said, let's go ahead and jump into it. We only had four games last night, the first of which was the Orlando Magic winning at home against the struggling New York Knicks, 111-106. Um, and Palo Bencaro, the rookie, has another standout game. Um, fairly close game, all things considered, um, especially in the first and fourth quarters. Um, but again, Orlando's still able to come out on top. Uh, the Knicks had their own struggles, um, but there. They were led by uh, Quentin Grimes in this game. Uh, Jalen Brunson did not play Um, 25 points for Grimes with six assists, five rebounds, and three steals. So a nice all-around game for him. Emmanuel quickly starting again in place of Jalen Brunson, 25 points, seven assists, five rebounds, and two steals, along with a block. So the two guards having very similar games. Uh, Meanwhile, Julius Randle, 23 points, uh, nine rebounds, four assists, and two blocks, but he did have a, a, a tougher shooting night as far as percentages. Um had a technical, had some uh you know words exchanged with the teammate Emmanuel quickly, kind of a tough situation there. Um, 10 points for RJ Barrett, and then Mitchell Robinson added 12 rebounds, three blocks, and a steal. Um, so not a terrible all-round game. They just needed maybe a touch more scoring, meanwhile, for Orlando. Uh, ben Carroll, another 20 plus point game, 21 points, six rebounds, four assists, but also defensively very impressive. Two steals and two blocks, um, getting it done on both ends for Orlando. Franz Wagner and Wendell Carter Jr. both had 16 points each. Uh, Cole Anthony off the bench had 18 points uh, and Markel Fultz added 10 points and eight assists uh, for the Magic as they get a nice win against the Knicks as they continue to see if they can make that. Impressive push, maybe slide into a very, uh, uh, you know, the very bottom of the play in picture, but they are very close to potentially being eliminated from that picture. So um, they're continuing to make moves, seeing if they could catch a team like Washington or Indiana, um, but it'll be close. So that was their first game. Next, let's talk about the biggest game, the most noteworthy game from last night's matchups. A scintillating affair, the Cleveland Cavaliers stealing a game in Brooklyn against the Nets, 116 to 114, um, thanks to a last-minute flurry of action. Again, Cavs led through the first half for the most part. Nets held the leads in the second half. And then within the last minute, the Nets were still up uh, six or eight points. And so it seems like the Nets are going to be able to uh, seal this victory. Um, But uh, some key late plays, especially defensively, defensively by Cleveland, good rotations. Uh, They force a couple of turnovers. Uh, Then they force uh, that final turnover within the last 20 seconds or so. Uh, Cleveland forces it up. They are able to get a great shot to a wide open Isaac Okoro, who hits a game, uh, you know, the three to take the lead. Uh, Brooklyn unable to answer with just a second or two left on the clock and Cleveland gets a great win. Again, I recommend checking out the full ending. It was a wild one Uh, for Brooklyn. They still had strong performances from Mikhail bridges and Spencer Dinwiddie 32 for bridges and 25 for Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie also had 12 assists, uh, 15 points off the bench for Joe Harris alongside uh, 12 points and eight rebounds from Royce O'Neal off the bench, Uh, 11 points, 9 rebounds and 3 blocks for Nick Claxton, the uh, defensive center. Meanwhile, the Cavs, 31 points, 6 rebounds for Donovan Mitchell. 26 points, 16 rebounds, 4 blocks, and a steal for Evan Mobley. Very great all-around game. He's really stepped it up over the last month or so. 12 points, 10 rebounds, uh, a steal and a block for Jared Allen. Uh, 13 points, 8 assists for Darius Garland. Uh, 12 points off the bench for Karis Levert and 11 points for Isaac Okoro. Again, one of those threes that he hit, his three total, one of those threes, a uh, three to take the lead. So great game for him and a great win for Cleveland. They continue to solidify their standing in the top four of the Eastern Conference. Next, the, <clears throat> excuse me, the New Orleans Pelicans win at home uh against the Charlotte Hornets, 115 to the 96, a matchup of the, uh, the two teams with the Hornets ties and, you know, it, there's an interesting history between both these franchises, but new Orleans led throughout the whole game. They did not trail at any point in this game uh, for the Hornets. They were led by, <clears throat> excuse me again, PJ Washington, 18 points, uh, 12 points for Gordon Hayward, along with six assists, 14 rebounds for Nick Richards and 15 points off the bench for Zvi Mikhailuk. Meanwhile, for the Pelicans, Uh, Brandon Ingram actually getting his first triple double of his career, 30 points, 10 rebounds and or excuse me, 11 rebounds and 10 assists. Uh, So fantastic game for him. Meanwhile, Jonas Valanciunas, 20 points and 19 rebounds. Uh, Those two really uh, leading the charge for for New Orleans led not uh, too far after by uh, CJ McCollum, 20 points for him, 19 points for Trey Murphy, the third along with four steals and 16 points off the bench for Najee Marshall. So uh, the Pelicans just simply the better team on this day. Again, great game for Brandon Ingram as they make their own kind of a play in push uh, in these last few weeks of the season. And finally, the last of our four games, the LA Clippers win at home against the Oklahoma City Thunder 127 to 105. And Kawhi Leonard in particular really has a great game in this one. Uh, Pretty close through most of this game uh, up until late third quarter where the Clippers really took charge and took a big lead into that fourth quarter, leading by as much as 28 points, uh, despite nine lead changes in this game. For the Thunder, uh, Shea Gilders-Alexander did what you'd expect, 30 points, uh, four rebounds, three assists, but he also got three blocks and a steal, so he really um, led their effort. They got 18 points. Four assists and three rebounds from Josh Giddey, his backcourt teammate. 16 points for Jalen Williams. That's L-E-N. Meanwhile, the other Jalen Williams uh started at center, he had nine rebounds and two steals. Um, so not a bad game for the Thunder, but the Clippers just uh uh better on this particular night. They had an all-round game, and it starts with Kawhi Leonard, who we mentioned before, 32 points, six rebounds, six assists, and four steals. Um Great all round play, and his shooting percentages were phenomenal, only missing two shots from the floor of his 15 attempts. Uh, To join him, Russell Westbrook, in the absence of Paul George, 24 points and seven assists to uh, complement Kawhi's scoring. And then they got a trio of uh, double figure scorers off the bench Bones Highland with 16 points and seven assists, Terrence Mann with 14 points, and Nick Batum with 12 points and two steals. Um, and to cap it off, Ivica Zubats had 10 boards and two blocks as the Clippers get a nice win against the Thunder after losing uh the previous matchup, which had been the last game, the prior game to this for both teams. Uh so a good win for the Clippers, and that takes care of our game summaries from last night's action. Um, <clears throat> let's jump to our key news. We don't have a ton of items here, but firstly, uh the Dallas Mavericks there's a couple items here for them firstly they are going to officially protest that Wednesday loss versus the Golden State Warriors uh so they're going to be filing the paperwork on that you know whatever that entails specifically um it's hard to think of a time when that has been successful in recent years if it is successful then there'll be that'll be a unique wrinkle to the end of the season as far as figuring out how to schedule that um you know replaying whatever time that is you know if it's okay with so much time left in the game i don't imagine it would entail if it was a successful protestation that it would be the entire game um but we'll have to keep updated on that what exactly happens um i'm leaning towards whether or not you know regardless of if the protest is you know worthy of being made or if it's um you know an an not ridiculous but if it's a an unwise call to protest if it's if there's no basis for it whether or not excuse me whether or not you think it's going to be successful i think it's it's probably not going to go through um because again i just can't think of the last time that that's been successful um but we might be surprised let's see what happens um, but then just a side note from that Wednesday game, um, Luka Doncic has been fined $35,000 for, quote, inappropriate and unprofessional gesture directed at a game official. Um, looked up the clip. Basically, he made the the money sign uh, towards <clears throat> one of the refs, you know, insinuating something along the lines of, oh, you've, you know, you guys, guys made some money on this game. You're, you know, paid off, which. um yeah, unprofessional is, is a decent word. Um, you know, I can understand the fine, but also if you, you know, feel that you've been on the wrong end of some calls, you know, sometimes that frustration can get the better of you, not excusing the behavior, but just kind of, you know, trying to put myself in his shoes. So uh, that's just another update from that game. Um, An update from Brooklyn. Uh, ben Simmons has been officially diagnosed with a nerve impingement in his back. Uh, he has been not playing for the last several weeks and a uh, couple of months at this point, ever since the Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant trades kind of fell through or kind of went through. um, He hasn't really played. And finally he's been officially diagnosed with some, you know, injury of some sort. Um, There's no timetable for his return at this moment. Um, Tough news for Brooklyn, and you know, really adds to the already litany of question marks around Ben Simmons and his career. Um, so all I have to say at this point is we'll see what happens. You know, this offseason, um, with Brooklyn's plans going forward, it'll be interesting to watch. Um, for the Phoenix Suns, um, coach Monty Williams has been fined 25 or 20,000 for his comments following Wednesday's loss in Los Angeles against the Lakers. Um, if you remember, I briefly mentioned on Wednesday's, or excuse me, yesterday's show that after that loss, he felt that there had been um, a discrepancy in the free throw uh, officiating between the two teams. Um, the Lakers had attempted 46 free throws in that game. The Suns only attempted 20. Um, frustrated with that, frustrated with the potential uh, discrepancy in calls across the, um, Recent games and maybe the the season as a whole between the Suns and their opponents, um, so he's been fine for that. Um, probably you know the end of that little small storyline, unless the Suns continue to to protest that and or feel like they're getting the short end of the deal in those situations. Finally, a couple transactions: uh, the Detroit Pistons have re-signed forward Eugene Omorui to a uh, standard contract. So. He's no longer a 10-day contract continually. He's got a contract for the rest of the season, the next couple weeks, so that's good for him. And then the Orlando Magic are signing guard Jay Scrub to a two-way contract. He's been a two-way contract player in seasons past with various teams, Um, so he's getting another chance to be a two-way player for the Magic, so congratulations to him. And that takes care of our uh, key news for today. Uh, Again, not a ton of items to really talk about, but that... That takes care of that. Let's jump to our game previews for this weekend. Just a reminder that all of the times that I will give for these games, as far as the start times, these are all in Eastern Standard Time, so keep that in mind as you're planning your uh, viewing schedule for the weekend. On Saturday, we have six games total, the the main game being a uh, national broadcast on NBA TV at 9 o'clock, a little bit later than we're used to. Uh, for the first game of a national broadcast, the only national broadcast game that day. But we have the Denver Nuggets hosting the Milwaukee Bucks, and uh, that should be a great game. You know, again, sh- small slate on Saturday, but that's a great game to watch out for. Giannis versus Jokic, both teams trying to, you know, their number one seeds in their respective conferences. Uh, Nuggets have a little more of a cushion than the Bucks do, but both are trying to really solidify their respective positions going into the playoffs and sure up their teams for the playoffs, make sure that they're ready uh, for postseason basketball. So that'd be a great one to watch out for on Sunday. We have nine games total. We have a lot of interesting games to talk about here. Firstly, an NBA TV double header at six o'clock, the Memphis Grizzlies travel to Atlanta to face the Hawks. And then at eight thirty, the golden state warriors host the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, those two games are pretty interesting. If you want two other interesting games, firstly, a matinee ish game that happens before that first game of the double header on league pass at three 30, the Los Angeles Lakers will play host to the Chicago bulls. And then at seven o'clock. So you kind of choose between this or the six o'clock game, seven o'clock on league pass as well. The Portland trailblazers play host to the Oklahoma city thunder, a uh, nice little Northwest division matchup for you. Um, There's a lot of intrigue in all of those games, you know, Grizzlies Hawks. You have uh, John Morant versus Trey Young. There's some intrigue there, but also uh, those teams respective playoff positions. And really, that uh, holds true for all of these matchups we're talking about, you know, whether it's Timberwolves Warriors battling for either, you know, a playoff fifth or sixth seed or the top of the play in tournament. You have Bulls, Lakers, both teams fighting for play in spots. Uh, Thunder Trailblazers, two Western Conference teams fighting for a play-in spot. Um, there's a lot of intrigue across all of these matchups, um, but also plenty of star, star players, star power. So there's a lot to watch out for on Sunday. Uh, so definitely keep those in mind. Then on Monday, we have eight games total. This will be the first day of the second to last week of, the, of this regular season. Uh, so we're really getting down to the wire. Uh, two national broadcasts, a doubleheader on NBA TV again. At 7 o'clock, the Indiana Pacers host the Dallas Mavericks, Rick Carlisle's uh, former team, former longtime team that he coached and won a championship with, so there's some intrigue there. And then at 9.30, the Denver Nuggets play host to the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, Sixers Nuggets, of course, with the the hype and the buildup surrounding the MVP conversation, uh, Embiid versus Jokic, there's some intrigue there, um, so definitely one to watch out for. And then mavericks Pacers, you know, uh, Pacers, of course, on the outside looking in for the play in the picture, Mavericks, uh, thoroughly in that play in conversation in the Western Conference. Um, but again, that small storyline, the Rick Carlisle thing, I think is semi interesting, even though it's already been, um, you know, two seasons since he coached for the Mavericks. But also, Pacers are still trying to show a little bit of something, I think, to end the season. Um, you know, they're not going to be one of the top top picks in the the draft um, they're not going to be in the play in picture most likely either. So they just want to, you know, end the season with good momentum as far as young talent continuing to thrive um, and doing that a te- against a team like Dallas, who is looking to uh, see what they can do in the play in and the playoff. Uh, I think that'll be interesting to watch out for. Uh, certainly. Then one other game, if you want to consider, uh, For some reason, you don't want to watch Sixers and Nuggets. One other game to watch out for on League Pass at 9 o'clock, we have the Utah Jazz hosting the Phoenix Suns. Um, And again, that's just more, you know, playoff jostling. The Jazz currently sitting just inside the play-in picture. The Suns in the playoff picture ahead of the play-in tournament, but um, as they continue to wait for the return of Kevin Durant and the Jazz have had some stellar play over the last couple of weeks, Um, there's some intrigue there, you know, and the Jazz are going to be looking to see what they can do as far as maybe sliding into a play-in spot uh, and the postseason. So that'll be interesting to watch out for. But again, all these games are very interesting going forward. Um, That takes care of our game previews. Let's go ahead and wrap things up. Firstly, with our This Day in History fact, and I've actually got two for you from the same day in the same year because they were both so fantastic involving some of the best rookie seasons in NBA history. So we're going back to 1969 for this March 24th of 1969. These two things happened. Firstly, Baltimore's Wes Unseld, the Baltimore bullets, Wes Unseld became the only, only the second rookie ever. The other one being Wilt Chamberlain in 1960 to be named the season's MVP. Uh, Unseld of course was also named the NBA's rookie of the year. Uh, who led the bullets in the playoffs that season, averaging uh, just under 14 points a game and 18 rebounds per game. Uh, Wes Unseld a unique player in his own right, but only one of two alongside Wilt Chamberlain to be named MVP and Rookie of the Year in the same season. Uh, Phenomenal season. Uh, We definitely got to highlight that. But I felt we also got to highlight Elvin Hayes of the San Diego Rockets, a fellow rookie in that class became the first rookie since Wilt Chamberlain in 1960 to lead the league in scoring with 2,327 points scored on the season for a 28.4 points per game average. So to have two of these standout rookies, uh, dominant inside presences, matching Wilt Chamberlain's feats from, you know, a little less than a decade prior um, for rookie excellence I definitely had to highlight that because those are both fantastic uh, facts and they highlight two of the greatest to, to ever play, you know, Elvin Hayes, of course, gets a little bit more commonly recognized. He's a little more traditional, you know, high scoring, high rebounding dominant inside presence, great size. Unseld was a little bit different, you know, wasn't really a big scorer, but he was one of the best rebounders bar none in the NBA across his career. Um, he was undersized and he was one of the greatest passing bigs in NBA history, especially the outlet pass. You know, he was famous for that. He would grab, you know, the defensive board, his teammates would be running and he would be looking to make plays in you know, a full court fast break situation. Uh, so great players regardless in each in their own way. And we definitely had to highlight that fact for you today. Um, With that, that takes care of our show for you today. want to thank you all again for listening. If you want to check out the Instagram page for the show, that's Crossover Across Time, all one word on Instagram. We share content from the show itself. We also do our best to share content from across the NBA. uh, So it's a great place to – that in tandem with the podcast is a fantastic way to stay up to date on what's going on in the NBA. Um, With that, we do have a bonus episode – Uh, tomorrow, Saturday, we have a bonus episode where we'll do our franchise focus on the San Antonio Spurs. After that, we'll be back on Monday with our normal uh, Monday show for you. So thank you again, and uh, we'll be back with you soon.